Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, every Tuesday here by Mr. Kenny Taylor, uh, who's going to help me break down this nine-game slate for Wednesday. But I would be remiss, Kenny, if I didn't pause the uh, pod right here to go ahead and send a hearty and heartfelt congratulations to Mr. LeBron James for breaking the record, actually, moments before we hopped on this pod. So uh, good timing there with that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I was able to witness that. Always a cool thing, man, to witness some historic stuff happening in the NBA. And, uh, you know, it happens quite a bit these days. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of things to be said about, you know, who you think is the best player in the world is and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just want to let that rest right now because of what LeBron did. Incredible, man. So uh, hats off to him. Anything you want to add to that, Kenny? I mean, I, I really hope they do come back and win this game because <laughs> I would hate to, you know, have the... Yeah. <laughs> whole situation just, you know, tarnished with um, LeBron losing to Oklahoma City after passing such a great historic record. I hope not because I actually have uh, money on, on OKC Moneyline and LeBron 30-plus points. So so go OKC Thunder, but uh, but no, uh, either way, that's fine. Uh, it is what it is. I don't think anyone's really going to remember who won this basketball game, so no big deal. But all good, man. Congrats to LeBron. Let's move on. Let's talk some DFS here. Uh, it is a nine-game slate for Wednesday. Uh, have a few bit of uh, bits of uh, information here, injury news. Some pretty key stuff here, but we got to uh, stay on top of here. Luka Doncic is out, of course, with that heel injury, uh, still out here. So, you know, Kyrie's supposedly going to be available for this one, according to Coach Kidd. So we'll see how that goes. It might be the Kyrie show there. Um, see how you feel about that one in a minute here, Kenny. Uh, we've got Embiid, questionable with a foot injury. We've got Kuzma, questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, he did not practice, so that's uh, a key thing to note there. I'm, I'm thinking he's more on the doubtful side here because of that. Uh, Bradley Beal did practice, and he's also questionable with a foot injury. So I would say he's probably on the better side of the questionable tag, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Keldon Johnson is questionable with an ankle injury for the Spurs. Trey Jones also questionable with a foot injury. I believe Keldon played through the injury uh, against the Bulls, and Trey Jones did not. So I uh, take that for what it's worth. Kyle Lowry is out with a knee injury, or maybe just because of uh, trade deadline-itis. And that's another thing to mention here, Kenny. We don't, uh, you know, these games are happening literally less than – maybe about 12 to 18 hours here uh, from the trade deadline in the NBA. So, you know, there's going to be stuff you definitely have to stay up on top of uh, coming up to the lock here because people will get pulled from games randomly uh, if they're getting traded or, or being parts of trade, you know, talks or something like that. And uh, so it's something you got to be definitely wary of. Uh, yeah. So definitely t- take a look at that. If you guys don't have that DFS pass, go get it. It's uh, sportsethos.com. Hit it up. You can get in that Discord so we can go ahead and break it down for you guys in real time uh, as as it happens. So, But, man, let's move on, though. Uh, I'm going to let you start us off, Kenny, because I've been talking a whole heck of a lot. Uh, you know, what? who do you like in this game? Who's your top, you know, what's your top game or your top uh, play here on this slate? Um, right now, I don't have a top play because, like you said, you don't know who's going to be traded. So I feel like the first game that I'm going to look at attacking is probably going to be the two teams that are probably going to be a little bit more stable with the roster that they have right now and that's going to be the 70 Sixers versus Celtics matchup oh interesting interesting uh, talk to me so Joel price not not too bad you're getting him at 11.5 not the highest price player on the slate well if we get well if Luca's out gonna be the highest price player on the slate but um I'm actually going to be pivoting from that. Mm. I'm going with the second highest-priced player on the slate, Jason Tatum. 
mm-hmm. at 11-2. Mm-hmm. If you looked at his production in the past, what, six, seven games, he's been giving you anywhere from 55 to 60 fantasy points, except that one dud against um, Phoenix when they just wasn't, I don't know, Boston didn't show up for that game. Um, the total isn't out for this game just yet, but I'm predicting it's going to be around a two, 228, 230 range. Mm. I feel like this is going to be a low ownership spot for Jason Tatum because it is a nine-game slate. I don't know. Talk me yeah. off of him, man. No, it's, uh, no, it's interesting. I, I think it is, uh, for me, it, when I look at this just in my mind, it does ring to me like a, a good you know, GPV play for sure. I think uh, the last thing you said there is what makes me think it's a good GPV play you know, at the very least because I think a lot of people are going to fade this game. Uh, both these defenses are pretty good. So that's why when you said, you know, hey, I'm interested in this game, I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Uh, this is, you know, good point, though, that these are pretty stable lineups. I don't think either of these teams are going to make any kind of big splash. Uh, at the trade deadline, so you, you definitely know what you're going to get with these teams. But but yeah, I think if I if I had to pick, you know, one guy this game, I think I would you know go with one of the stars, and I think Tatum would be that one. I think it's going to be a, a close game. Uh, the, I don't know if the spreads up yet, but it probably is pretty close. And uh, if that is the case, I mean, these are the top dogs in the East, and they're going to show out. So uh, I'd be looking at the stars, and Tatum would be the guy I would gravitate towards. So I don't mind it. I think it's more of a GPP play for me. But uh, but yeah, definitely. Um, for me, man, though, I, you know, let me tell you, I'm not, like, loving this slate. Let me just go ahead and say that right now. I don't have a very big list at all, so this is probably going to be a pretty short pod, to be honest with you guys. But let me talk about the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers here. Um, Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard is the guy I'm looking at at 10-7 here. Uh, and I think, you know, you said it was a nine-game slate. You know, for me, that's always something where I'm looking not to spend as much on my top guy there. So I'm not looking at those 11K guys as hard unless I'm like, oh, man, this matchup is just made in heaven for this guy or, or you know, maybe the second star is out or something like that. So, so you know, I'm just not generally looking at those guys. But 10-7, he's just under that 11K threshold. So I do like Damian Lillard in this spot here. It's been a while since he's had kind of one of those, you know, big outbursts, those big scoring games here. And uh, the Warriors, without Steph, you know, they're, I mean, they're just not, they haven't been a good defensive team all year. They've been getting up, you know, it, it's a high-paced game uh, whenever you play the Warriors. They get up and down the floor, shoot a lot of threes. Um, for me, if I'm thinking of a guy that, you know, fits that mold and does well in that kind of situation, it's got to be Dame for me. So how, how are you feeling about Dame or uh, any of these other Portland Trailblazers in this matchup? Um, I mean, with the Trailblazer, it's kind of safe to say that Dame is still going to be on that roster come Thursday. Right. Um, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> but I'm really questionable about all these um, other complimentary pieces. So I don't know how many players you're going to have sitting out in this game. Because come Thursday, you can see um, Portland as a drastically different team, especially if, you know, the Nurkic and Grant rumors become true. But just in a vacuum, Lillard in a spot against Golden State in what should be a pretty high-paced matchup. I like it, but that would be more of a cash game than a GPP play for me. Feel you, feel you on that one. Uh, you mentioned though, you know, your Nurkic being uh, out and possibly even traded, uh, and I don't know if he's the answer for them long term at the center position. I would have to guess not. But uh, Drew Eubanks um, probable for this game. He is still priced down a little bit. I'm not loving the price tag there, but I think you know against the Golden State Warriors who run out Kevin Looney at the 
uh, Kevon Looney at the center position and nobody else really on their roster. I think he is a guy you can look at there if you need someone that's like kind of a, a roster filler. I don't see him sitting out in this game. I don't see them dealing him. I think he's a very decent backup center. So I think he's a pretty safe play as well. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, let me go with my guy Jordan Poole at 7,100. I played him in the last game. Uh, did not play Clay. I should have played Clay, obviously. Clay just absolutely went off. Uh, I'm going to stick to my guns, though, man. I'm going to go Jordan Poole again at 7,100. Uh, no stuff, Curry, of course. I'm. Uh, this is another guy, uh, and I'm actually going to be looking at his points prop. I haven't looked at it yet, but when it props, uh, if it's out already, I'm going to look to try to dial that up. Uh, you know, he's probably sitting somewhere in the t- in the mid 20s. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and dial it up to you know 30, 35, and see what those uh, odds are at because I do think he's got that ability, obviously, to go off for you know even 40 points, 50 points in a given game. Uh, we've seen him do it before, and it's Portland Trailblazers, man. I think this is going to be a run gun type game here. And so that's another guy that kind of fits that uh, that mold for me. But uh, how about the Warriors, man? You see them doing any moves here at the, at the deadline? I mean, they all that young talent there, obviously. But they're not even playing right now, so is it going to mess with their rotations? Um, honestly, I don't really see this rotation or any major move happening with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to cash game, I do have some interest as Divincenzo. Ah, Divincenzo. And uh, when it comes to GPP, I do have a little interest in Ty Jerome since he's been giving you about uh, 20 minutes since um, Steph been out. So outside of those two pieces, um, if you want to chase Clay, you can do that. Pulls, you know, nice little mid-tier player. Um, but I don't have too much interest in this game overall. Sounds fair, man. What do you got interest in then? What's your other uh, games you're targeting? Um, it's not exactly another game. It's just one side mm-hmm. of it, but it's Cleveland versus Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, another team I don't see making too many moves during the trade deadline, and I really felt like their rotation has started to take a uh, pretty good shape. Um, mm-hmm. you might have Levert be a possible DMP if you know the rumors are true and they're able to upgrade at um three spot that they have but mm-hmm. when it comes to Mobley and Allen those those are going to be players I'm going to be taking a chance on in any of my G, I mean not GPP in my um, cash game lineups because over the past five six seven games they Allen basically been a double double and Mobley I don't know what got it into him but he actually became a pretty good rebounder when Allen is on the floor so you got two players who could give you double doubles against the teams that not really known for their rebounding or defensive abilities against stopping players down low. Yeah, I like that man. Um, you know, I do like that a lot. I actually went a different route with this one. I got Donovan Mitchell here at eighty five hundred, but yeah, I do like the Cleveland side of this. I think you can go with any of those guys. Um, I think they're all going to play. I don't think Cleveland's going to take this game lightly. I think they're going to go out there and try to hammer it home against the Detroit Pistons. So. Um, I think you can go with any of those guys, really, that are starters over there on the Cleveland side. I would stay, probably stay away from Karis LeVert. You know, who knows? Um, if he does stay with the team past the deadline, I mean, still, it, as long as Donovan Mitchell and, you know, Yuri Skrull are healthy, just not enough usage there for him, in my opinion. So, um, unless you think it's going to be a blowout and you happen to think that Karis LeVert is going to stay on the team past the deadline, then, yeah, go for it, man. All the game was going to own him, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't have anybody on the Tro- Detroit side either, so... Uh, let, let me talk though about another game I've got interested in here. I've got the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz. I've got a couple of plays here. 
Uh, and I'm going to start off with my guy, Anthony Edwards, 9900. Uh, you know, the Wolves really, I mean, they shouldn't be active at the deadline because they have nothing else to give up at this point. Uh, maybe they're going to, you know, maybe move a piece or two just to kind of uh, retool or something like that. But I really don't see that happening. They're, they're playing pretty well recently. Uh, and I think this is going to be a, a decent game here with the uh, the Wolves and the uh, Jazz. It's going to be pretty, uh, pretty competitive, despite the fact that the Jazz are kind of slipping in the standings a bit. But Anthony Edwards, he's under a little bit under 10K. His price is up a little bit. Um, but, you know, I just think this is a, a great uh, matchup here against the Utah Jazz because they just have a real trouble, a real problem stopping people at the rim. And that is where Ant, you know, gets a lot of his uh, his scoring is, is attacking the rim and going, you know, playing above the rim and dunking on people and all that good stuff. Um, it's got a jumper, a little bit of a jumper, too, but uh, mostly it's he's getting his points off of that and getting a free throw line off of that as well. So I do like Ant-Man at 9900 here. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I'm going to mention this guy. This is kind of one of the – I've had a couple of guys in this slate here that I'm looking at their price tags, and they're making my, my jaw drop here, Kenny, because I'm like, man, these guys were so expensive earlier. And I, I get that they're down now because they've had a pretty a string of pretty bad games. But anyways, let me go ahead and mention them. Colin Sexton at 3,800. He's still getting minutes in the 20-plus range. Uh, obviously, this is a guy that could be dealt at the deadline, so you do have to keep abreast of that situation. Uh, for sure. I actually don't know if he's eligible to be traded, but either way, um, there could be some moving pieces in the Utah Jazz roster. And what could be moving out the door and the most rumored names that we see are Mike Conley and uh, Malik Beasley. And if that happens, if those guys get you know packaged in a deal somewhere uh, with Jared Vale on a belt or something like that, then uh, obviously Sexton is, you know, jumps into a much more prominent role on the offensive end. So uh, Sexton at 3,800, even if he's still stuck in that 20-plus minute role and the Jazz don't make any moves at all, uh, I still think that's a de- very decent price tag for him. So what are your thoughts on those and any guys you like in this game? Um, honestly, I'm staying away from any player on Utah with the exception of Markinen and Kessler because I feel like those are probably the only two players that they won't have um on the trade block um Sutson, I, I do feel like he should have an increased role in this game because i don't see beasley or conley playing in it mm. uh, but i feel like that would be more of a cash game play if you want to do something for gpp that could get you a nice little upside um alexander walker is always worth a shot for three and um hmm if you really want to take a risk on it, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, but um, Horton Tucker might be worth a little GPP dart as well. Nice. I like it, man. Um, definitely some darts there, but, uh, you know, sometimes we are just shooting in the dark there and, uh, and hoping we hit. But uh, Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, let's move on to this one because I got a couple plays in this one as well. And here's a guy I don't think is going anywhere. Uh, maybe the Wizards do, you know, uh, blow things up or, or make some trades. I'm, I'm not sure about that. It seems like they're pretty much going to stay the course. But uh, Denny Avija at 5,700. I've been riding this guy. Uh, just had kind of a, a crapper game, not a very good one. But he scored like 33-plus points or something like that, DK points, in three of the last uh, four, four or five games. And, uh, you know, at that 5,700 price tag, I really don't think there's anyone else in that range that can get that for you. And, of course, they're playing the Charlotte Hornets, who play absolutely no defense. So, um, what do you feel about these Washington Wizards, man? You got anybody in the Wizards? Um, when it comes to the Wizards side of the ball, I do have interest in Gafford. Um, again, whenever I see the Hornets on the schedule, I always like to have any big who can get you a couple rebounds and a couple putbacks. Um, outside of that, if you want to spend up, this on paper is a good spot for Pat. If you really want to throw a dart, Will Barton, 
is worth taking a little shot out at 3-7. Not really the best play when it comes to consistent minutes, but if he actually going to get you 20 minutes in the game, that's going to be a chance at 20 to 30 fantasy points, but the floor for him is 10-12 minutes, so really just a GPP dart on um, Barton. I like it, man. I like it a lot. And um, the other guy I like in this game, and this is kind of another guy where the, the price point is just like, what? It made my jaw drop a little bit. And he's had a string of pretty bad games. And I could uh, definitely see that. I, I could definitely see the Hornets dealing him away. So you definitely need to stay on top of that situation for sure. Uh, but Gordon Hayward at 4900 um, I don't think there's like a super high ceiling on him. So maybe all my plays are more more so cash plays than anything else. But uh, but Gordon Hayward at 4900 I mean, I feel like 20 to 25 DK points is kind of the floor there. And you're looking at a ceiling of like 30 to 35. But like he's going to end up somewhere in there. I know he just had like 10 to 12 DK points in three of the last four. But I don't care. Like um, he had a little bit of a few down games. And uh, I'm hoping that they're going to play him a, a, you know, a good 20, 25 minutes. And I still think he has that ability in him to score buckets uh, against the Washington Wizards. So I do have some interest there in Gordon Hayward. But again, uh, do need to stay on the rest of that situation there in Charlotte because that is not a very good basketball team. So they probably will be looking to, I don't know, upgrade or, or just get younger maybe uh, at the deadline. Not sure what they're going to do over there in Charlotte. But don't, don't really have a good <laughs> grasp on that situation. But anyone on the Hornets side you're looking at? Yeah. Um, Dennis Smith at only three sets. That's a. Uh... Rotation player giving you 20 minutes. Um, his ability to give you fantasy points is somewhat dependent on how many of his shots go in because he's somebody who shoot one for 10 one night or shoot seven for 10 the next night. So if you want to safe, I guess you could probably play him in cash, play with eh, a decent ceiling, not too bad of a floor. Dennis Smith will be worth a look at three sits. And the other player, if you really want to, if you really want to take the GPP shot and you really think that um, Charlotte is going to be making moves, I feel like that will add some minutes to Mark Williams for 3-3. Yeah, they got to get him some minutes, man. Uh, it looks promising in, in some limited minutes, but for whatever reason, they just want to play Mason Plumlee 100 minutes. So it is what it is. Um, all right, man, any other you know games or players you're looking at here? Uh, I've got a few more, but let give you a chance to take the floor here. Um. Yeah, there's one game that I do have some interest in, but I really don't know what the other side is going to be doing at the trade deadline, and that's the Miami-Indiana game. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the slate initially, I really like Bam in this spot yeah. for less than 9K. And I'm like, that was kind of like you. Like, these prices yeah. just don't seem right, <laughs> right, right. for um, the type of production you might be able to get for Bam in this spot. But... I really do feel like um, when it comes to my GPPs, um, if there's no crazy news coming out about Indiana resting a lot of players, I'm going to probably have him as one of my higher usage GPP plays. And then my Clippers going up against the Mavericks, I actually will have um, interest in Kyrie if he does play for 10 sets because I really do feel like with Kyrie on the floor, that Dallas team will definitely need to push their pace faster than they've been playing before. Mm. So I really will take a risk. GPPs only on um, Kyrie for 10 sets against my Clippers. I like it, man. Uh, and, yeah, I think he's got, got something to prove, too. So there's a little bit of chip on his, on his shoulder, obviously, as well. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I like those. Um, let me throw in there, though, Toronto and San Antonio. I feel like these two guys on Toronto uh, are pretty safe here. San Antonio, 
I think they're just going to, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows who's going to be on that team past the deadline? I would have to assume they make a, a trade or two. Uh, but yeah, Pascal Siakam at 9,400 against that Spurs team. You know, even if the Spurs are sitting everybody and they're playing Malachi Branham and uh, Josh Richardson and, well, Josh Richardson might, might be gone, but, uh, you know, maybe Jeremy Sohan, you know, suits up. They're playing guys that, like, aren't very good, you would think. Uh, but still, they're still, like, hanging in with teams. So I'm hoping that's the case here again against the Toronto Raptors. And uh, if that is the case, then Siakam at 9,400, I think he can absolutely put it on this team like he did in the last uh, matchup with this team. So I do like him quite a bit there. Um, and also Bobby Boucher, Chris Bobby Boucher, uh, 4,400. Uh, I feel like he's relatively safe as well. I don't see them trading him. Uh, just so much time invested in him and – I don't really think he has like a huge amount of worth around the league, really, honestly. So 4,400 for him as well seems like a pretty good deal against the Spurs, who are pretty weak on that interior uh, and don't defend the, the rim very well. So I want to throw those two guys out there. And my last guy here is from that Miami-Indiana game that you mentioned there, uh, Kenny. But um, and I do, I did, I was looking at Bam. And I was like, man, I think I do think I'm going to take some stabs at Bam because I think you're right. Uh, I think this is just a, really just too good of a matchup, too low of a price. But I had that same feeling about Jimmy Butler too at 8100. And, uh, you know, the Miami Heat may be making some moves here because they've had a pretty disappointing season. But even if they do make some moves, um, I don't think that they're going to trade Jimmy Butler. So I think he'll be in this game suiting up. Um, still think they're going to be trying to make the play in, you know, Miami and uh, and grinding and all that good stuff. Uh, uh, I can't remember what their <laughs> what their motto is in Miami. But uh, they're just going to try to do the Miami thing and, uh, and, you know, just get heads down and do some work. So uh, Jimmy Butler, 8,100, seems like a steal to me uh, against an Indiana Pacers defense that – isn't necessarily great. So I'm going to throw that out there as well. Um, let's move on, man. Thrive Fantasy Plays. If you guys aren't thriving, go to thrivefantasy.com. Sign up with promo code ETHOS. Get your first deposit match up to 250 bucks, And uh, go pick some props and, and win some money here. I've got three of them here. Uh, Kenny, how many did you end up with? I only was able to get two today. Okay. Let me go ahead and start then. Um, so my first one here, Donovan Mitchell, over 24.5 points. And that's 95 points against the Detroit Pistons. That just feels like... It just feels easy to me. I uh, don't think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to vastly change their, their lineup here. Uh, Detroit Pistons might trade Bojan Bogdanovich, and so that might lead to a blowout, I guess. But I still think Donovan Mitchell is going to get his. Uh, so 24.5 just seems like it's too low to me. So that's my first one there. What's, your, what's yours, Kenny? Uh, first one for me is from the same game, and that's going to be Allen over 10.5 total rebounds. Like I said, I really do feel like this is going to be a double-double spot for him. So him getting 11 rebounds isn't too out, out the question. Plus, you're getting 110 points for going on the over. Yeah, I like that, man. That's a lot of points there. That's good. Uh, all right, my next one here, Pascal Siakam, over 37.5 points, rebounds, and assists. That's 105 points against the Spurs. I wouldn't go to this if it was, like, even 100 points or 95 points or something like that. But they're giving you plus odds basically here at 105 points. So um, it is a bit of a high number. It's like one higher than the last time I played his PRA uh, in real life. And I think he missed that one for me. But, uh, again, the Spurs, just not a good defensive team, obviously. Not a good team in general. And I do think the Toronto Raptors want to continue to win basketball games. And I don't see, see Siakam going anywhere. I think Siakam's pretty well staying put. I know there's some rumors out there around him. But if I'm the Toronto Raptors, I'm holding on to him as – as hard as I can because uh, he's a very skilled player. So I do like that over there for points, rebounds, assists for Pascal. What's your uh, last one there? And my last one is from the Indiana-Miami game, and that's over on Bams, 10.5 rebounds and assists spot. Like I said, I really do love the matchup for him. And in this atmosphere, I really do feel like this could be a double-double spot for Bam as well. So 
10.5 with rebounds and assists. I'm going to be on that. And it seemed like um, the books are kind of on it as well since it's only giving you 85 points. Yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, my last one here is Jordan Poole over 29.5 points and assists. And that's 100 points, and that's against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, you know, look, we don't know what Portland's going to look like uh, on the other side of the ball here past the deadline, like you said. But what we do know is that the Warriors – uh, probably going to have the same core group. I wouldn't see them shaking that up uh, very much. What they'll likely do if they do make um, some moves at the trade deadline is trade those young guys like um, you know Kamingo or uh, or uh, Wiseman or or what have you for a guy that's going to help them win now. And I don't even see them doing that. I think they're pretty much going to stand pat. So uh, I do like Jordan Poole here to go off for you know 25 to 30 points. If he gets 30 points, he hits it in points alone. Uh, and he had 12 assists in the last game. So I think that's a really nice one, nice uh, line there for Jordan Poole in a, in a running gun type of game. So, but that's it guys. That's going to do it for us. That's our thrive fantasy and DraftKings plays uh, for this Wednesday slate. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSPP Keith and Kenny, where can people find you and your work, man? Um, people can find me on Twitter, YouTube, or TikTok at Orange DFS. Always talking about basketball from NBA to women's college basketball to EuroLeague basketball to NBL. I like it, man. Yeah, go follow my guy. Uh, he's incredible, does incredible work, so y'all should definitely follow him. Post haste. Uh, looks like the, the Lakers are going to lose this game, by the way. Sorry to say that, Lakers fans, but, uh, yeah, it's looking, looking pretty good for my parlay, my little mini parlay there. Anyways, until next time, guys, go get that money.